Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Industrial Theory. I'm your host, Carrie Sagan, CEO of Stone Age, and I'm so glad you're here today. Today, my guest is Mr. TJ Suter. TJ is the president of Hydro Products Corporation based in Denver, Colorado, Colorado native like I am. So it was great to touch base with him. And his mission is to keep wastewater workers healthy. He is the inventor of a unique safety system called the Vanguard system, which is equipment used on jet trucks, jet back combo units, and CCTV maintenance vehicles. And the whole point is to keep dangerous pathogens off of workers who are exposed while on the job cleaning sewers. This system helps keep sewage in the sewer where it belongs. I think we can all agree to that and not up on the surface where workers, citizens, and the environment can be adversely affected. I adore TJ. He is a humble and genuine human being, does so many good things for the community and for the industry. And I know you'll enjoy this interview. So hang tight and I'll be right back with TJ. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I have the one, the only TJ Suter with me here. TJ, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Well, Carrie, it's certainly my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. Tell us about your business. I want to hear it in your own words. I did it in the pre-show, but nobody can tell it better than you. So why don't you just share a little bit about what you do? Sure. Well, I um, had started my first pipeline business uh, about 31 years ago, and we you know, specialized in small diameter pipe and leak testing, you know, locating, dye testing, these types of things, then eventually uh, grew it into mainline stuff. So we had you know, a great big jet truck and and uh, combo trucks and uh, CCTV trucks and so forth. Well, after about um, five years, I decided I'd franchise the business. And so I did that. And I um, have a few locations out there now. But about uh, 12 years ago, I started Hydro Products, which is a uh, company that really builds purpose um, built equipment for wastewater maintenance safety. So we, uh, you know, we know that uh, infections look for. Uh, breaks and safety protocols. And uh, so we found a niche and decided to fill it with uh, our Vanguard system. So we can go into that a little bit more if you'd like or whatever yeah, you'd like. Yeah, please. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what the, the Vanguard pathogen system is and how you got the idea, because I love this story. Okay, absolutely. Well, I had actually uh, volunteered at a hospice here in Denver uh, for a, a three-year period of my life, you know, a number of years ago. And uh, it was really amazing to me because um, we would go, um, you know, we have a lot of safety training on, you know, various pathogens and um, protocols on how to keep ourselves uh, safe and healthy uh, while working uh, with them. But most of the time people had something like cancer or Lou Gehrig's or some type of a sickness that wasn't easily spread. But other times um, we would get in there and we'd see these great big signs on the doors and said, you know, caution, use extreme you know, precaution and for this patient, et cetera. And uh, we had put on a, a Tyvek suit and uh, face shields, extra gloves. And in fact, I even had some hand sanitizer back in the day that was um, designed to be a barrier as well, you know, so it would remain on your hands. But everything that was in that room, um, interestingly enough, they would red bag and we would actually have an incinerator and incinerate it right on site because they didn't want to risk uh, even the laundry people getting sick or somebody digging through the trash can looking for aluminum cans outside the hospice uh, and, you know, and perpetuating that sickness. So it just dawned on me, you know, we're doing all this 
you know, incredible safety measures for uh, the uh, doctors and nurses and the staff and, and, and volunteers like myself. But all of the liquid that was coming out of that patient's uh, room was going straight down the drain into the sanitary sewer system. And I said, wow, you know, my guys are working on Colfax here and just outside the hospice, you know, you know, 100, 150 feet away. And there they are with their Slurpees, you know, and, you know, wiping the sweat off their face or whatever. And we're dumping down all these, you know, incredibly dangerous pathogens. I said, you know what? I need to build something for the safety of my team, first of all, and foremost. And, you know, and then as I was able to, you know, gather a little bit more money together and so forth, I was able to hire some engineers and machinists and so forth. And I actually built the uh, Vanguard system. Uh, which is a pathogen defense uh, equipment for wastewater workers. So what the Vanguard does is it's a collar that uh, slips on to the jet hose. So you just jet out to the destination manhole, and then you can pop on the um, Vanguard collar and turn it on right at the operator station, whether it's in the front or rear of the vehicle, and come back as normal so you're not slowing down anything. It takes about five seconds to pop it on. And we're moving up to 98% of the pathogens off that equipment. And uh, that's just not something, you know, that I said. We actually had an independent lab test uh, done by TG Labs here in Greenwood Village. And they came out to the Colorado Springs where they have them on literally all of their vehicles now. And uh, did uh, following them around all day and uh, checked for pathogen levels and found out that we had a 98% reduction. So it's exciting and you know, we're growing in leaps and bounds. That's such an amazing story. I love when <laughs> inventors just, you know, in the most unusual places, who would have thought that you would have had this idea for your business volunteering at hospice? Have you always had that inventor's mindset? Yeah, I have. You know, when I was, you know, little, you know, my my mom and dad would um, give me, um, you know, gifts like the erector set was like my all time favorite gift, you know, when I was little, because I could create and build stuff. But also I was always getting, you know, broken down vacuum cleaners or kitchen appliances that I was able to take apart and see how they worked. And my dad would push and really build an environment where it was safe for me to take apart stuff. Sometimes I got in trouble for taking apart stuff I shouldn't have, but uh, they just really fostered, uh, you know, an environment where it was, it was, you know, safe for me to do my in inventions and so forth. So. And I know that your dad was a big influence on who you are today. So can you share a little bit about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur and, and how your dad helped guide you down that path? Yeah, absolutely. So my dad, you know, was a fantastic guy. I mean, he really had a, a ton of uh, integrity and was just really, really a people person. And what you know, what my dad had done is he had gotten into business and heavy equipment business and really specializing in uh, mining equipment and so forth. So back in, you know, 1980, when uh, the big parachute and uh, Exxon pulled out of the oil shell um, environment in Parachute, Colorado, unfortunately, my dad lost, you know, his business. He actually had three locations. And so he had told me, he said, this is a great time for you to go ahead and, you know, start your own business. He said, you don't, you don't have anything to lose. You're not married. You don't have any kids. You don't have a, a job that you can't live without, et cetera. So he said, I would really encourage you to start your own business. Well, I didn't realize it at the time because my parents weren't open 
you know, about everything they were going through. You know, I was just, you know, young at the time and I was the same year I was graduating. So they didn't really have the, the money um, for me to go to college and I didn't have the grades to, you know, get a scholarship or anything. So I uh, bought an old van and a power washer and went out and started uh, knocking on doors. My dad knew a few people in the heavy equipment business. I started uh, washing, you know, heavy equipment and then started working you know, washing sidewalks and restaurants and restaurant hoods and cars and everything else. And pretty soon it got to be a little bit too much. So I decided I'd buy my first uh, jet truck. So Royal Equipment, who's, you know, here in Denver at the time, uh, had an old used jet truck. And they said, yeah, we'll sell you this. You can put a fire hose on there. And that's what I, I did. So I started washing parking structures and parking decks and construction sites with the uh, jet truck and and just hitting the oily spots with the uh, hot seat and then pretty soon they called me and they said tj you know you're you know you have the jet truck once you get one of these nozzles we'll give you a good deal and you know i'm sure it was a stone age nozzle because they had the stone age um, dealership back then probably still do and anyway we were starting to clean pipes you know for culverts and pipelines and so forth on uh, construction sites. Then pretty soon they called me back and they said, "Hey, TJ, you know these guys were great salespeople." <laughs> they said, "You ought to, you know, you ought to come out and look at this old Q's uh, truck that was turned in by a city, and then you can start inspecting those pipes that uh, you had cleaned so well." And I said, "Yeah, great." And, and I ended up doing that. And pretty soon, you know, one thing led to another, and I ended up, you know, getting another combo uh, vac truck and just uh, grew that. So I sold off my power washing business to the guy that was the general manager at the time, and uh, specialized just in doing the pipeline. And it, you know, one one thing led to another, and here I am talking to the president of Stone Age right now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so flattering. Thank you. <laughs> So how was that transition? You're in the service business, you still have your service franchises, but now you also manufacture a product. You know, how was that that transition from the service business to a product business? And which one do you like better? Well, that's a great, great question. You know, I like I like the best one that I'm doing currently, you know, and the reason is, is because, you know, the, the hydrophysics business um, runs itself nowadays. And, you know, we have a number of locations around uh, the country in a few different states. And, um, you know, they run themselves, but I like a fresh challenge. And so when I was working with the Vanguard and, you know, Vanguard, the, the problem with being an inventor, it's really interesting because inventors look at the world the way they think it should be, but the rest of the world looks at it as it is. So uh, since you do have a new invention, nobody knows about it and you really have to educate the uh, consumer, and that's not an easy uh, challenge a lot of times. So it's, you know, situations like this where I get to talk to you and uh, have a little bit more people aware of what we do and uh, it builds, but we have a 95% reorder rate for our equipment. So that really speaks, you know, highly of what people that actually have the systems think about it. But it's really very difficult to go backwards on safety, you know, especially once you have a safety piece of equipment that people are uh, using and enjoying and helping them stay clean and not bring home sickness to their co-workers or the family at home and helping keep the environment around the area clean. Uh, so once people start using that type of equipment, then they, they can't really go back and say, you know what, 
it's probably, you know, something we're going to cut out. So, you know, they spec them into the equipment. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I love what you, you know, just said, you know, being an inventor and and trying to educate people who have a problem that they don't even know that they have. And, you know, there's that saying that engineers have a solution and then they go looking for a problem. And right. as, a business, <laughs> as a business person, right, like that is not what you do. You need to make sure that you're solving a real problem. And so I love how your product really came together, right? People not even thinking about the pathogens, but it is a real problem. Disgusting. I've never thought about it until I knew you and, and started to understand the Vanguard system that you have. So was it a hard sell or was it easy for you to educate your customers to say, hey, this is what's really going on and this is how it can help? I can't imagine there was a whole lot of re resistance, but maybe there was. Well, you know, what I did is I started reaching out to agencies or agencies would call me, like, for instance, the city of Houston uh, had called me and I said, great, you know, I'll be out there and, you know, went out and put some systems on on their trucks. But when I would go out and do demos, I would gather different agencies from around that base. So if Houston called me, then I'd say, all right, you know, I'm going to be in the area and I would uh, call all the surrounding cities and uh, go out and do the demos for them. So for me, it was being able to show them because what we would do is bring out what they called an ATP tester, which stands for adenosine triphosphate. It's the enzyme in all living organisms. So what we would do is I'd do a half of an hour presentation to them, and then uh, we would go out in their jet truck, even into their own parking lot, and put you know the jet um, hose into a sanitary sewer, jet it out you know 100 feet or so, and then pull it back, and I would you know I'd swab it, and we'd get the count, you know, it might be 5,000 or, you know, 6,500 or something around there. And then we'd snap the Vanguard on that, you know, I had in the back of my rental truck and we would swab it again and uh, have it down, you know, to 19 or to 26 or whatever. So it was literally the wow factor that people would see and they'd say, man, well, once they saw that, then you would have people that, um, would get on board pretty quickly. But then again, you'd have the other people say, yeah, that's interesting. You know, we'll give it some thought. And, um, you know, it ends up that, you know, people that were thinking about it more and doing some research on pathogens and, you know, finding about out about MRSA and C. diff and CRE, which stands for carpapanum resistant incinerobacter factor ACAs, abbreviated CRE, fortunately. <laughs> so I don't have to say that all the time, but... Uh, impressive. Uh, that was impressive. <laughs> oh, no, no, thank you, Carrie. But uh, anyway, they would, you know, like a company called MBio that does a lot of research in the industry for pharmaceutical companies and so forth would actually go to hospitals and uh, test for CREs. Now, this is where it's really very, very interesting and scary at the same time. They would go in and swab the... Uh, you know, the faucets and handrails and so forth in the hospital found that they were like 3% positive for CRE. Then they'd go into the maintenance closet and check and swap it and find, you know, the mops and, you know, drain sinks and stuff. And there it was like 13%. But when they went outside into the city um, maintenance or the city manholes and they would swab that, they would found that they were yeah, nearly 80% infected with CRE, which is really scary because CRE is really resistant to our last line of antibiotics, which is the carpapanum uh, class of antibiotics. And um, so it's pretty serious when you start thinking about the you know dangers of working around some of these pathogens. And you know we really need to do 
anything we can, you know, as an industry to help protect, you know, the health and safety of those workers. Because it's, you know, very, very expensive to go into a hospital setting for, for anything. So especially something that's, you know, life-threatening. Yeah, absolutely. And do the workers get it? Are the people who are at the surface being, you know, doing the water jetting, cleaning, do they understand how the Vanguard system can keep them safe? Well, you know, really it's a lot about education, Carrie. And when you have the newer, younger generation that's coming up, they're a lot more savvy on the internet and to do a little bit more reading and, you know, or podcasts like yours and uh, finding out a little bit uh, more about what's out there and uh, a little bit more aware, you know, we're getting, you know, we're, we're leaving the older generation, you know, of the guys that are, you know, in the late 50s, early 60s that have been jetting, you know, for all their life, you know, and, you know, bragging about eating a peanut butter sandwich after, you know, jetting, you know, the sewer line and they're, you know, so impervious to all these sicknesses. And frankly, they just really don't understand it's the sicknesses that are working and mutating to get around their defenses in their their bodies. So I think really it's now a time that the younger generations coming on board, there's a little bit more environmentally um, friendly and a little bit more aware of what can be happening out there. And nobody really wants to be dragging a you know, uh, sanitary sewer uh, jet hose across uh, somebody's yard where, you know, the kids are playing and the dog, you know, runs through. And of course, you know, once they smell it, they like to get on their back and roll around in it for some reason. Uh, but, you know, that comes right into your house. And I think, you know, really it's getting to be a different time environmentally where people are more and more aware of these situations and, and the benefit the Vanguard can have, you know, for that, for that uh, industry. And are there guys who still, you know, eat the peanut butter jelly sandwich right after doing it that are like, nope, I don't need this? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that they're out there. We're not finding them, you know, quite as much as we, we had in the past. And, and it's funny because, you know, I would, get those guys in some of my presentations and, you know, they'd be the old salty guys, you know, sitting in the bathroom with their arms folded. And what I had, you know, said to those guys, you know, is I said, you know, just for the sake of argument, let's say that you are a hundred percent resistant to all of these pathogens in sewer. I mean, think about it. People don't really think it's kind of like your electricity. You just flick flick on a switch and on it comes. But really in wastewater, people don't really stop and think about wastewater. Well, you have every pathogen from every hospital, hospice, vet clinic, et cetera, even laboratories. I did a I did a job carry your alma mater at uh, Colorado School of Mines. And they said, listen, when you're cameraing, and this was when I was doing the cameraing, they said, do not go past this certain area because we have some radioactive isotopes that you know, have gone down the drain there and we don't want to be buying your camera. And, and I said, fine, well, that stuff goes in the sanitary sewer. In fact, speaking of, my dad had bladder cancer at its time and um, had, you know, some radi uh, radiation treatment and so forth. And they said, you know, whenever you urinate, we want you to flush the toilet twice because we don't want that radiation staying in your home. Well, guess what? That's in the manholes. In fact, there's all, there's actually some hospitals here in, in Denver that they will actually go in with a Geiger counter and check them to make sure that it's safe for maintenance guys to go in. But people really take for granted the wastewater. In fact, 
know, they, they, and that's just the legal stuff. You know, every morgue dumps all their blood down the drains as well. And, you know, not to go on too far, but I had a hepatitis test and I had a, you know, prick on my finger and, and they said, well, we're going to get you a ban. I said, no, nah, I'm fine. You know, they said, no, it's actually state law that we have to cover up an open wound because we don't want you getting any blood anywhere. <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, you guys are dumping hundreds of gallons into the sewer system and you're concerned about me having a piece of tissue, you know, on my finger, it had a drop blood on there, but you know, that's how seriously they take it. So we just need some equity along, you know, the, the whole line as far as protecting, you know, people from you know, various things. So I'm so glad you shared this because people don't understand. They just don't understand how important the work is that people out there over manhole that they're right. doing in industrial cleaning and municipal cleaning and sewer cleaning. Right. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't even pay attention. That's just what they do. But it's so important. You know, hundred, I never knew hundreds of gallons of blood. Of course, that's what what are they going to do? Like, that's a really big deal that I think people don't understand, like, one, how fragile the system is, and two, just the kind of risk that those workers are taking to make sure that infrastructure stays up and running. It's really Absolutely. powerful story. Well, well, think about it. You know, really, wastewater workers are on the front line of health. They really, yeah. truly are, just as much as a doctor or a nurse they are on the front line of health because if you don't have a properly working and flowing sanitary sewer system and, you know, and it's backing up, I mean, try shutting off your water, going to your house for, you know, uh, a week. <laughs> Good luck. You know, it's bad enough if it's, you know, off for a day because there's a mainline break or something. But, uh, you know, truly, it's these guys are on the front line of uh, worker safety and health and safety for the entire community. So it needs to be you know, working properly. And in fact, you know, the uh, EPA is very, very set on, you know, finding people if you have a sewer spill and so forth, because they know some of the dangers that are in there. And um, so we need to, you know, do our part um, to help help keep people in the community safe. Yeah, well, you're doing good, important work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. And thank you to Stone Age for doing their part too with their excellent nozzles. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. We're trying to clean the clean up the world. One nozzle right. at a time. One system <laughs> at a time. That's great. <laughs> Good for you. You're doing great. All right. I want to get into some personal questions for you, but sure. one more question on the product side. So, looking at uh, Hydro Products' future prospects, what excites you the most? Well, really, what excites me is the vast amount of trucks that are out there that are not equipped with our equipment, you know? So uh, we, you know, we do have, you know, quite a number of systems out there and, and growing all the time. In fact, like the city of Seattle won't even get a new truck unless it has a Vanguard on it. And same with several other agencies, but uh, really retrofitting existing equipment that's out there and, you know, helping protect, you know, other workers. So also, you know, we just opened a location or a dealership, I should say in, in Australia, uh, so they're really hitting it hard out there. And um, I had a contact from DUAE, United Arab Emirates, and um, they're interested in, you know, talking about doing some dealership out there. So that's really what's exciting to me is, you know, the, the prospect of just having more and more business out there and helping protect more people. Yeah, yeah, the 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 growth potential in this market is so big. I mean, there's so many 
sewers out there, right? Right. Everybody, everybody in the world goes to the bathroom. Everybody That's in true. the world is using the sewer system. And so, yeah, I can imagine that the, the international expansion is very exciting to you. Um, I know it's been a really big deal for Stone Age, so I can only imagine, you know, what it will do to help you grow and scale your business. Sure. Absolutely. Now it's, it's, it's great. I mean, the more people that we can help, you know, get home at the end of the day, healthy and well, uh, the better. Yep. Yep. That's our, that's our mantra too. All right. Let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and get sure. into some personal stuff. So I know that you are a relationship guy. We've talked about this. Why are relationships so important to you? And what do you specifically do to build strong relationships with your clients, with your with your vendors? Absolutely. No, relationships are, you know, number one. I mean, just, you know, in, in personal relationships as well as business relationship, because here at Hydro Products, you know, we realize that we are not a business that serves other businesses. We are people that serve other people. And, you know, honestly, just having the opportunity and the privilege of being with you right now was from our relationship. And it's funny because, you know, most people obviously don't know, you know, where you and I had first met, but we had met at a trade show, you know, back in the States. And uh, I had gone over to the IFAT over in Munich, Germany a number of years ago. And I was really nervous because I had never been overseas before. And I was hoping people would speak, you know, the language and where I was going to eat and, you know, things like that. And then I go into the IFAT and there's Carrie Sakens in the Stone Age group. It was just like a breath of fresh air because you saw me and you said, hey, welcome, you know, and uh, you and I are both from Colorado. So that was another nice connection, but uh, you were so hospitable to me and just made me feel completely at ease and being able to go into your booth and it was my own little safety uh, safety net being in a foreign country and it was kind of you know it was kind of like having my own embassy there so it was great and and that was all from relationships so i mean i like people i'm i've always been a people person and i do what i can probably to a fault sometimes uh for people but it's fine i'd rather be on the giving end than the receiving end on that type of thing but you know your relationships all the way to your 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 husband or your wife, your spouse, your business relationships, because people really do business with people they like and not just a company. So the nice thing is, is when you have a good relationship with somebody, they're really willing to overlook some of your faults or some of your failures or some of your you know, shortcomings and, and give you a second chance. Well, if you don't have a good relationship, you're not going to get that second chance. You might not even get a first chance, but that's you know, relationships are really what it's all about in anything. Yeah, I think that's so true, especially in the business world, because and especially in our industry, I mean, everything is difficult. There's nothing that's easy about yeah. the work that our customers are doing. And so things are going to go wrong. They're going to go wrong with the product, with with, um, you know, the way that they're doing something or you know, they don't even understand necessarily what they're doing. We have so many people who are sure. brand new at this job. And, and so things are going to go wrong. And I always tell my team, like, we don't have to be perfect, but no. we do have to handle ourselves perfectly when things go wrong, because that's where the relationship comes in. So raising your hand, say, we screwed this up and we're going to do right. whatever we can to take care of it. Or saying, Hey, you know, this was done wrong, but it doesn't matter. Here's how we're going to help you fix this problem. 
And that goes such a long ways in building that trust because people want to mm-hmm. know, do you have my back? And right. that is so key in, in having strong relationships. So that really resonates with me. Um, that I agree with you completely. Absolutely. Well, that's, you know, that's fantastic because that's why you're CEO right now is because of those, those values, those core values. And it's really true because for me, I've actually had better customers, believe it or not, when we had a, something go wrong, maybe on a pipe, you know, inspection that we, you know, blew and we didn't see something that we should have seen because people are human. And I mean, when you're doing several thousand inspections, you're going to have, you know, a few of them eventually that go wrong for something. But when something goes wrong and you step up and say, yeah, you know what, we'll, you know, pay for that error and we'll take care of you then they know how you're going to handle things. And then they feel so much more at ease because they say, hey, if something goes wrong, don't worry, we're covered and and let's keep on sending them business because we're not sure how other people are going to handle those same, you know, trials and tribulations that you, you know, go through in, in business. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that translates so much to life. I'm such a big person on owning, owning your mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. owning your baggage. Just recently, I really screwed up with a friend. And I knew it. And, you know, I sat with it for a day of like, God, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to fix this? I made a really big mistake. It was very thoughtless. And, you know, it was like, okay, you're going to own it. You know, there's certain things you're going to apologize. There's certain things you're not going to apologize for. And so we had this whole conversation and, you know, I just was like, here is what I did wrong. And this is why it was wrong. And this is why it was so important to me to fix it because of our relationship and our friendship. And it was a phenomenal conversation. And like two days later, she came back and she was like, I just want you to know how much respect I have for you. Like the Mm. way that you handled that, like just coming in and owning it and not making excuses, but also not apologizing for like who you are as a person, but apologizing for making a mistake. She was like, that was unbelievable. I want to, I want to be able to own things like that in my business and in my relationships. And it felt so good because it was so uncomfortable having that hard conversation, right? Knowing that I was wrong and knowing that I was not going to make one single excuse, just looking her in the eyes and owning it. And that is how we need to treat every single relationship, whether it's in business, whether it's in, you know, your, your relationship with your spouse, like you said, in friendships, anything just looking people straight in the eye and saying, I really screwed up and here's why and here's what I'm apologizing for and here's how I'm going to fix it. Well, that's that's super commendable, Carrie, because I mean, really that is something that we lack so much of yeah. in today's society is, hey, I'm sorry, I made yeah. a mistake. In fact, you know, when you say to somebody, you made a mistake and you say, I'm sincerely sorry, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. You know, first of all, it'll go along with your marriage <laughs> for one thing, yes. but in your relationships, <laughs> um, you know, in any relationships, it's so important is being really quick to forgive people when they make an error against you. And and hopefully they'll, yep. you know, extend that same, you know, that same feeling back to you. And yep. as they say, you know, it, you reap what you sow, you know, so when yep. you're doing something that people say, hey, this person is sorry and, and I'm not perfect either. I make mistakes and, you know, I'll be quick to forgive as well. In fact, you know, you have really been, you know, great for me because you've recommended a number of really excellent books and helped teach me. So you've really made a personal impact on me. So I thank you for that. 
Yeah. Well, thanks. Leadership is so important. And leadership is whether you're running a company or you're self-leading, right? You're just going, I'm going to be a self-leader. And every single human immediately goes into justifying like why mm -hmm. I was okay. You know, even though I knew I was in the wrong, I had to go through that process of being like, yeah, but you know, it was okay. Or, I you know, she shouldn't have done it this way or that business really screwed those things up. And I try to tell people like, it's okay to go through those those natural feelings of self-defense of getting defensive mm -hmm. and trying to make excuses, but you have to really work through that so that you can get to the point of saying, great, all of those things might be true or they may not be true, but it doesn't matter. Like you still have to own it. And that's what I try to do with, you know, all of my recommendations for books that I read mm -hmm. or any of the thought leadership posts that I make is like, it's okay to be human. It's okay to screw up. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to get defensive but it's all about what you do with it when it's said and done. And that's what I hope to inspire people to do is right. Embrace the messiness, embrace the flaws, embrace yeah. the ugly stuff that you don't like <laughs> and still make the right decision in the end. All right. Well, we are going to have to wrap things up. I could talk to you about this stuff all day, but sure. I do want to wrap up with my final question. What is one thing that you wish people understood about this industry? Well, I really think, you know, that, they understood, you know, how dangerous and how important it is. You know, it's just like, like I mentioned earlier, your lights. If you go to flip on that switch and it's not there, then you say, well, that's all right. I'm just going to go sit and, you know, go do the dishes. Well, guess what? Your dishwasher doesn't work, you know, or I'm going to read a book and you go to flip on your lamp and your lamp's not. And you say, great, now what am I going to do? But just like your wastewater, every time you turn on your sink or flush your toilet or take a shower, that's got to go somewhere. And, you know, it's not all clean, obviously. And there's a lot of constituents in wastewater that are very dangerous. So take a little time and appreciate the people who do that work because it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous, dirty job, you know, and, and those people are hard workers and, you know, they need respect just like anybody else because, frankly, they're the ones who are on the front line of uh, health and safety helping to keep us healthy and well. So that's the main thing I, I want to mention about that. I totally agree with you. That's a great thing. All right. So how can people find you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, but also you can reach me at uh, vanguard-systems.us. And um, you can reach me there or um, you can reach me at 303-884-7552 is my direct cell. So be happy to talk to anybody that calls. Wonderful. Well, it has been a true pleasure to have this conversation with you. I mean, with the you know, deepest, sincerest part of my heart, you're doing so much good in the world through your business and your personal life. And it is a true honor to know you. So thank you for taking the time and coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Carrie. I want to interview you one day because, you know, I don't have a podcast or anything, but I would love to get to know you more because I think you're a fantastic person as well. Well, next time I'm in Denver, we will go do coffee or lunch right. or something like that. Let's deal? Let's do it. It's <laughs> a right. deal. Perfect. It's on me too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All, right. All right. That is a wrap. Hang tight, everybody, and I'll be right back. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And uh, that's it for today. We'll see you next month on uh, Industrial Theory. And if you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, rate, write a review. It's always appreciated. And I hope you have a very safe week. Thanks. Take care.